International Orienteering Podcast Mapping Compass Navigation Skill Orienteering Competition like International Orienteering Podcast Welcome to this episode of International Orienteering Podcast and uh, this week it's a lot of uh, things to talk about uh, there has been uh, Norwegian champs uh, we call it Norwegian Championship Week. It has been Finnish Championship Long Distance, uh, Swedish European Selections, uh, Swiss European Selections, and also Danish European Selections for uh, yeah for the European Champs in Italy in uh, approximately one month. Uh, but uh, we can start with uh, what happened in uh, Stockholm Stadium this weekend. It was a, yeah, should we call him a former orienteer, Ivo? Yeah, I think we have to call Samuel Pilström a former orienteer. Uh, the last few years, his focus has clearly shifted to athletics, and I've, I've not seen him run a real orienteering race in at least a few years. So, uh, of course, he's still doing some sprint races. I think he tried to qualify for the World Champs last year. Um, but, yeah, he's uh, clearly an athletics guy nowadays. Yeah, and he was uh, selected for the Swedish team for uh, what they call uh, Finnkampen on uh, fi- in fifteen hundred meters, and he uh, won that race with a meeting record and a personal best. And his new personal best is three thirty six oh six. Quite good, uh, if we call him an orienteer. Uh, we, uh, uh, but uh, yeah, even though I don't think it's uh, many orienteers who will uh, he's be- who is below three forty. I think. No, no, no. Uh, I don't think there's a lot of orienteers that are even close to 340. Uh, I'm not sure. I think uh, Jonathan Gustafsson and August Molén have been doing, is it around 346, I think? Something around that. So 10 seconds faster than that. That's really, really fast. And in this context, it's worth mentioning that uh, the PB of uh, Nova Gelin was who uh, got the uh, bronze medal in this uh, year's World Champs. His PB before this season was uh, uh, 3.37. So, uh, yeah, Samuel is definitely good uh, running. Yeah, and I mean, Samuel Pilsrum, if he has the same uh, leap in performance as Norve Gilinuros had this season, then he should be one of the medal contenders for the Olympics. So, yeah, we might see a, we might see a former orienteer uh, fight in the Olympics final of the 1500 meter next year if he, if he keeps improving. Uh, there were uh, two former orienteers, uh, as far as I know, in this year's uh, World Athletics. Toppy uh, Reutten uh, and, and uh, the, the British uh, gold medalist in the relay in Jaywalk uh, in 2019. But uh, none of them had uh, great success on the uh, 400 meters track uh, this uh, summer and this in this champs. No, but, so then we, maybe we should move to someone that had great success this weekend. Yeah, we should. Yeah, in orienteering forest, it was really forest uh, racing in uh, the Norwegian champs. Uh, uh, some, uh, yeah, twenty uh, k's uh, north of uh, Kristiansand uh, in a really tough and demanding terrain up there. It started with long distance on Thursday, qualifier for the senior in the middle on Friday, a middle final on. Uh, Saturday and a relay on uh, uh, Sunday. And the two last races was uh, broadcast on Norwegian television. Uh, but we start with uh, 
Uh, long distance on uh, Thursday. Uh, in the women's class, uh, the guest from our side was uh, Andrina, head of uh, Anne-Margrethe Hauske Norberg and Marianne Andersen. And Andrina is named Benjaminsen in her uh, last name. Yep. Uh, and I, I talked with her a little bit before the race when we were in the quarantine. And I realized that, uh, yeah, I probably messed up my bet here with going for her as the winner because she said that yeah, after the World Championship, she's been uh, yeah, kind of burned out a little bit, both motivational and physical. So she was running the World Cup in Czech, but with not much motivation. And yeah, she she was running here because it was, yeah, of course, a nice race, but she had no ambitions and just wanted to get it over with, more or less. And therefore, she was, in the end, quite a bit down on the result list. Um, but yeah, uh, I in my bet, I said there was like, yeah, one national team girl and then two of the oldest and we got uh, another national team girl uh, Marie Olausen taking the win ahead of the two oldest Marian Andersen and Anna-Marie Tehuske-Norberg and it was a close battle uh, Olausen and Andersen it was just a few seconds separating them uh, at the arena passage a few minutes before the finish and uh, Marie Olausen had a f- very fast finish uh, on the easy last lap and get, got the victory with almost half a minute ahead of the 43-year-old. Is that correct about Marianne Andersen? Yeah, 43-year-old uh, Marianne Andersen. Yeah, and then uh, Heuske Nube, she got the bronze medal just ahead of Anne Dierkorn. Uh, so it was, uh, this was an interesting race, uh, tight battle for the gold, tight battle for the bronze. Uh, and some other girls not that far away. So, But yeah, it was a tough race for the women. Uh, the first time the women are running 90 minutes in the Norwegian Championship. And yeah, the winning time was just below 90 minutes. So it was a, it was a long day out for them. Um, uh, it's worth mentioning that uh, Andersen and Hausken was uh, running together uh, in the last part. And uh, actually, yeah, as you said, Olausen, uh, uh, she got the gap on the really last loop and it uh, seems that uh, uh, Andersen was a bit uh, tired in the end. It was uh, quite uh, heavy, high high grass uh, there, as you may can uh, uh, yeah, describe as you uh, also run there. Yeah, talking about the long race. Uh, but yeah, the terrain was, uh, was it, it's so nice and the visibility is really good uh, and you have a feeling that the, yeah, this terrain should be quite fast. But then the ground is so soft and there is nothing, there is no response from the ground when you're pushing. So, yeah, it's really about having strong, strong, uh, strong, strong legs. And it's not fast running at all, even if it looks from the map that, uh, yeah, if you look at pictures or looking at the maps, you think that, yeah, it's quite easy. You can just run full speed. Uh, But full speed is uh, still very slow in this rough terrain. Yeah, I think we should uh, hear what... um... The Norwegian champs, uh, Marie Olofsson, uh, told us uh, after the race. <laughs> Marie Olofsson, uh, we're standing here after a really tough uh, long distance in the Norwegian champs. Uh, describe uh, how you succeeded uh, to uh, get the gold medal here. Yeah, it was a good race. I tried to focus on my technique and... Uh, uh, go through the legs uh, as I planned and uh, I think I did that so I'm really happy. Uh, you ran uh, Swedish champs uh, last week and uh, could you compare the terrain to this uh, here in Norway about uh, 
how easy or uh, tough it is? I think it's probably tougher, like physically, for the legs uh, here. Uh, you never get anything for free. <laughs> Uh, but the Swedish hands were also quite physical, so it's tough both, but uh, I was a bit more tired today. <laughs> but uh, in Norway we have this uh, King's Cup, uh, who is uh, often in the Norwegian champs, and uh, this year it was on the long distance. That does mean anything special for you? Yeah, that means a lot, and uh, I know I knew that before the start, so I really wanted to do a g good race, so I'm really happy. <laughs> Yeah, how is it when you know the King's Cup is uh, the, uh, to the winner and it's two seconds separating you uh, with only 500 meters to go? Yeah, then it was like full speed and <laughs> hope for the best, so I'm happy it went my way. <laughs> Congratulations! Thank you. There And uh, in the men's class, uh, there was also uh, an experienced guy uh, against the youngsters. Uh, the guessing before the race was uh, Elias Jonsson ahead of Magne Daly and then a wild car card on uh, Thomas Natvik Åsta from uh, Halden. And uh, yeah, there were some outsiders who uh, did uh, their breakthrough here, I would almost call it. Yeah, I think, we, I think we said it in the last episode that this race uh, seems very, very open. Uh, no clear favourite. Uh, and a lot of guys that can be in contention for a medal. Um, and we saw one of them on a quite early start number, uh, Anders Westerl from NTNU, uh, almost a yeah, local lad uh, coming from, not from Kristiansand, but from one of the cities not that far away. Um, and he had a really good start, really fast start uh, in the first half of the course. Um, and he got a, a, a clear gap in the first few controls. Uh, Sander Arnsen, his teammate from Antonio, had also a good start. And after a, a, a while, he was taking over the lead. Uh, so the Antonio guys were having a good start here. Um, and then we had the diesel engine in Magne Daly uh, starting l late and having a bit of a slow start and being a bit behind in the first half of the course before he speeded up. So it was a really exciting battle. Um, where you can say that after, I think after about one hour of running, uh, Magne Daly was a minute around that behind Sander Arnsen that was leading at the time. Uh, but then Magne Daly really turned on his, uh, his speed, found his good old legs. And from the last 10 controls, Magne Daly had the fastest time on eight of those controls. The only two he didn't have the fastest time was a very short, quite technical downhill leg. And the the finish sprint from the last control to the finish uh, and turning a disadvantage of around a minute into a victory with one and a half minutes. So that was really the good old Magne Daly uh, in the last part of that long distance race. Uh, then Sander Arnsen took the silver medal. Uh, Anders Westerl got the bronze. Uh, we had Elias Jonsson in fourth place, uh, just over three minutes down. And then Andreas Sölberg in fifth place was just a few seconds behind Jonsson. And then there was a four minute gap down to to the others uh, yeah, from place six and downwards. So yeah, very interesting battle for the, for the medals. Um, we had five guys quite close to a medal and then a big gap down. Uh, it was uh, kind of uh, the old uh, Magne Daly you saw on the last loop there. He was really sprinting when he was passing the arena there. Yeah, and uh, I, saw, I, I saw both, uh, both Sander Arnsen and Magne Daly passed me. Uh, and my feeling was first Sander Arnsen passed me 
and when he passed me i had a feeling like oh my god he's running so fast uh, and then when magnedel when i saw magnedel a bit later on i didn't feel that magne was running that fast but that was probably because i was uh, on top of a hill and he was in the climb behind me so basically he was running very steep uphill and then it's hard to to get a feeling for the speed uh, with sander arnson I was running, yeah, he passed me and then I was seeing him for a few hundred meters and yeah, uh, that looked really impressive. But when you see the split times, uh, the finish from Magnadeli was, uh, yeah, uh, very, very good. Um, and not something we've seen from him in, yeah, I guess since the World Cup in Idre two years ago is maybe the last time or the Norwegian champs two years ago is maybe the last time we've seen him this good. Uh, how is it when uh, they catch you like that? Uh... Do you uh, do you cheer on them or do you uh, have any comments to them or uh, do, do you just concentrate on the breathing uh, and get uh, enough oxygen? No, no, I I don't uh, try to talk with them or anything. Uh, normally, I like when 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 much better runners are passing me. I I like to increase the speed just to get a feel of the speed they're holding, just for maybe fifty or hundred meters before I go back to my speed. Uh, just so I get a sense of uh, a feel of how fast they are actually running. And of course, it's a huge difference. They are running like this the whole way. And I'm just accelerating for maybe 50 or 100 meters to keep up with them for a little bit. Uh, but that gives, uh, I think it gives a, a nice experience of how fast the best ones are actually running. It's a little bit of, whoa, yeah, I cannot do this. Uh, I understand. Uh, I, I uh, If I meet anyone, I used to uh, have a comment at least. But uh, I can tell uh, that I was uh, in the hotel for the Norwegian champs. I was in a room of Anthony runners uh, uh, the evening before the race. And uh, Sander Arnsen, he was there. And he he had a comment uh, to even National Orienteering Podcast that he was mentioned as a favorite uh, in the middle distance, but he was going to take it uh, on the long distance. But, uh, yeah, he was quite confident uh, the evening before, and he uh, he was quite confident when also when he got the map, and he was uh, really good running here in the long distance. I I would see uh, I would say that uh, even he has, if he has been running World Cup... Uh, for Norway earlier, this is uh, maybe also the best he has been showing in uh, national races. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And of course, it's always when you have races like this, you start to think about uh, how good is the level if it was an international competition. That's always the big question. And yeah, I mean, it is it is hard to know. We know that Magnedele at his best was one of the best, best long distance runners in the world in these kind of tough, tough races. Um, but he's not been so good this year. Uh, we didn't have Kasper Fosse here. We didn't have Eskil Schinneberg here. We didn't have Lukas Lilan here. Um, so it's it's very hard to know exactly what would be the winning time if everyone was here. But uh, I think it was a good race. Basically, the first three guys, they 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 did perfect orienteering, more or less. Uh, Magnadeli lost a little bit of time as in the beginning, but that's... I think partly because of the the opening speed, uh, a bit conservative there, Magne. He knew that the terrain was going to be rough. Um, so I think it was a, a good race, uh, quite high level. But of course, if Kasper Fosse was here in top, top form, he would be uh, a few minutes faster at least.
that was the uh, first time uh, Olav Lundon has won the long distance champs in Norway uh, in uh, Ålen in Trøndelag, a bit south of Trondheim, uh, 2009. There was also this uh, talk about uh, how good is this really, and he was uh, by the, that uh, win he was uh, yeah mentioning as uh, one of the favorites for the next year's uh, world champs in Trondheim and. Yeah, everyone was talking about yeah, how good is this race and so on. And then uh, Emil Wingstedt, already then, quite experienced, he said, it's only in world champs they are, are uh, giving out world champs medals. So uh, Yeah, well, that's, uh, that's important to remember. And I mean, it doesn't matter if you're extremely good in a smaller race, if you can't replicate it in a bigger race, but it's I, in, in my in my head it's it's always a good thing to do high level performances so i think uh, i think it was pretty good races and i think if it was a world cup race these kind of performances would be giving a lot of world cup points yeah and uh, we can uh, listen to what uh, magna thinks about uh, the the race that led to both uh, the gold medal in the norwegian champs and this uh, prestigious uh, kings cup that we have in norway uh, Magne Dali, we're standing here uh, after the long-distance Norwegian champs. Uh, you are running incredibly fast and uh, the, the last meters on this race. Uh, are you as strong as it seems? Yeah, I think uh, in the last uh, half hour today I start to look uh, a bit more like myself than, uh, yeah, than how it has been <laughs> the rest of the season. Yeah, because uh, I feel uh, this is a really strong uh, signal from you. Yeah, like uh, <coughs> yeah, I'm really happy that uh, that I managed to turn ar- turn around the uh, disaster season and make a good uh, good finish with it with the uh, yeah, yeah gold in the Norwegian champs long. Yeah, it's a gold medal, and uh, I know we have this King Cu- King's Cup. You have won the long distance before, but never the King's Cup. Uh, how important is that for your motivations today? Uh, of course, that uh, that makes uh, makes the race uh, race uh, even more important. So. Yeah, really nice to take uh, take my first. And uh, when you're winning here today, then it's uh, not feeling so long until uh, World Champs in Finland. Now, how, what do you think? <laughs> we will see. We will see. <laughs> uh, congratulations, at least. Thanks. After the long distance champs in Norway on Thursday, there is a qualifier for middle distance uh, on Friday, and then it's the final uh, in the middle distance on Saturday. Uh, we should not go into the discussion about the qualifier on on Friday. Uh, do you think so, or uh, what? No, it's. Uh, I think we can just pass that. I think all the all the relevant runners that you would expect fighting for a medal in the final, they were qualifying without any problems, and so not much to take from that. But uh, this is always a very interesting race because you have basically half the start field being very tired after a tough tough long distance and then you have half the start field being with very fresh legs as they did not run the long distance so it's always some interesting results here but uh yeah uh, qualifier was not that relevant so we can jump to the final uh we can uh, notice that uh, Magne Daly, the winner on uh, the long distance he uh, he is only running long and relay in this uh, norwegian champs as uh, he has been doing uh, yeah the last years uh, that's telling it's quite a tough program, at least. Uh, and uh, yeah, all the good runners were in the final. And uh, 
in the middle for women, it was uh, guessed that uh, Marianne Andersen should win ahead of Anne Dyrkorn and uh, Marie Olausen. Uh, we had all uh, all the mentioned uh, runners up there, but uh, there was an outsider who uh, got the Norwegian champs shape back here this Saturday. Yeah, so Tone Berg-Rulie, uh, she's had a, a kind of a rough season. Um, she's been really, really good the last two, three years. Uh, and then been getting into the national team at a very experienced age. Uh, and then this year, she's been really aiming a bit harder, it seems. Uh, but it has not resulted in better results. Uh, but then, finally, here for the Norwegian champs, she's found uh, enjoyment about orienteering again and her performance level. And she was doing a really strong performance in the final. Uh, a tight, tight battle with her clubmate, uh, Anne-Margrethe Heuske-Nurberg. Uh, and also with Marianne Andersen in the fight. Uh, so we had the three really experienced ladies all women 40 or older, uh, and Tuneberg really got the victory half a minute ahead of Helsinki Norberg, and then with Marianne Andersen less than a minute down. And then there was a huge gap down to uh, the national team runners, Anne Dyrkorn and Marie Olausen in fourth place and fifth place. They were more than two and a half minutes down. So big gaps uh, in the middle distance for the women here. Uh, about uh, you mentioning uh, Tuneberg, she, she had a good uh, spring uh... Yeah, uh, uh, change over first after two legs in uh, the World Cup relay in Norway uh, among a good uh, spring season there. But uh, since uh, then, it was uh, has been tough. But uh, yeah, as you said, she was really talented as a junior. She uh, was uh, running jaywalk uh, when she was 16. But uh, then it uh, took uh, until she was, was uh, 38 uh, for the next national team uh, a competition when she ran the World Cup in Italy uh, two years ago. So, uh, yeah, quite a while between uh, uh, first and uh, second time in the national suit there. Um, about the middle distance, uh, you can uh, also describe this as both, both physically and technically demanding, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh... In the middle distance, uh, it, it was uh, a lot of climbing in the first part, and also the terrain. It's the, it, yeah, it's the, it's the same terrain as the, the the long distance, so it's very rough. Uh, the ground is so soft, and uh, there are some some parts where they're really nice with these uh, gray dots, uh, but where you could feel like you could actually run a bit fast. Uh, but when you're in the forest or in the in the marshes, it's so slow and so rough. And I think uh, it's not a lot of times you have Norwegian championship in terrains with these high kilometer times. Now, it was uh, highest kilometer times in the long distance as far as uh, I checked in the, uh, yeah, in the, <clears throat> in the event or as, uh, yeah, since uh, 2011 at least. But uh, yeah, I think we can uh, hear what uh, the girl with the gold medal on uh, Saturday middle distance had to say after the race. Uh, Tuneberg, uh, you are Norwegian champs in middle distance. We haven't uh, been seeing you in the top of res the results since uh, in the spring. What has been uh, the way to this gold medal? Uh, well, the way to the gold medal has been uh, a lot of illness and uh, a body that hasn't really cooperated uh, for a while, for some months. Um, but the last weeks it's been better and 
it's been enjoyable and fun to run uh, in the forest again. So I'm really happy to get out a good race today and uh, also really surprised uh, not uh, by the result compared to the um, uh, the race but uh, a bit surprised that I got out such a good race today yeah yeah because you call it uh, nearly a perfect uh, race today and you get your first gold medal in Sweden champs senior uh, as a 41 year old uh, congratulations thank you but uh, we also know that you were first to the changeover in the World Cup uh, relay earlier this spring, so you have a high level. Uh, will we see you in the highest level again uh, later this season or maybe next season? Maybe next season, we'll see. Um, uh, I haven't decided yet for that. We'll see what will happen during the winter. And But uh, I'm not a sprint champion, so I will not be in uh, Italy this spring, now uh, autumn. But you're a middle distance champion and uh, there will become uh, opportunities to run middle distance um, maybe in Hungary next uh, summer. Yeah, we'll see. We'll have to discuss that with my, my husband and my family, I think. Yeah. But the gold medal at the table is a good argu argument, isn't it? Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, at least we are impressed. Congratulations. Thank you. In the women's class, uh, there was an uh, outsider uh, winning the race uh, in the middle distance. Uh, before the race in the men's class, uh, it was uh, mentioned Kaspar uh, uh, Fossa winning ahead of Langedal Breivik and Vega Javis Vestergaard. Uh, uh, before the race, we already knew that Kaspar uh, Fossa did not uh, show up uh, at the start. He was uh, kind of uh, expert commentating for the Norwegian broadcaster at the arena. But uh, Langedal Breivik and Vega Javis Vestergaard, uh, they were at the start. Um, and yeah, uh, if we call it uh, an outsider in the women's class, it was uh, a big surprise winning the men's class. Yeah, uh, especially if you looked before the race, it would definitely a big, big, big surprise. Uh, but after the qualifier where he actually won the qualifier heat, it's, we have to downgrade it from... a maybe the biggest surprise of all time to uh, just a big surprise uh, but still uh, the swede oscar edvardsson uh, he's been in norway for a year studying in trondheim running for ntnv uh, from the yeah second last start number he was the last uh, runner in the forest uh, and yeah putting high speed from the start uh, taking the lead on the first control staying in the lead from the first control to the finish, just slow, slowly increasing the lead all the way. It seemed to be almost like a perfect technical performance and his speed was very high in this rough terrain. And he got a clear victory, winning with more than one minute. And yeah, winning with one minute doesn't sound that clear, but if you look from position two to position six, it was 12 seconds between those five runners. Uh, so in that context, winning with one minute, it's a, it's a big margin. And uh, Oskar Edvarsson, he is uh, coming from uh, the Stockholm club Järfala uh, in the beginning. And he is uh, yeah, a good technical orienteer. But uh, yeah, uh, what's his uh, best performance before this? Well, I'm not sure if I would say that he has proven before that he's... Uh, is known as a t very technical orienteer. Uh, 
he was running the Swedish champs earlier this autumn. Uh, I think he was around 25 in the long distance and in the middle distance he, he got knocked out in the qualifier. Uh, but in the qualifier of the middle distance, even if he got knocked out, he showed very high potential because he had really good splits and then he had uh, one four-minute mistake or something like that and then some other mistakes. So physically, he he showed some weeks ago that his, his form is really, really good. Uh, but then he had maybe been struggling to do good technical performances and therefore he has not been having big, big results to show for before. Uh, in the long distance... On Thursday, uh, he was just outside of the top 10. So, and I think that was a really good result for him. Um, so I, I I think there was very few people that saw this one coming, but yeah, uh, obviously when you're in very good physical form, and then if you finally are able to put together a good technical performance, then you can perform at a much higher level than you've been doing before. Uh, he was, uh, before the race, he was uh, aiming for a top 10 uh, position. So, uh, he definitely succeeded. And we should also remember, uh, we should not forget the other medal winners. No. No. So, uh, Oskar Edvardsson, he won. Uh, Anders Wehrstöl, the bronze medalist from the long distance, he got the silver. Jörgen Baklid, the... Skiering Team World Champion, he got the bronze medal. Uh, Elias Jonsson, his second fourth place uh, in this week, uh, two seconds too late to get the bronze medal. Uh, Isak Jonsson, the younger brother, he was in fifth place. And then Sander Arntsen, uh, the silver medalist from the long distance, he was number six. And yeah, all those six have in common that they are running for NTNV. Um, and also the seventh guy, Sigurd Paulsen VA, is also running for Anthony. So that means that Anthony took the places in top seven. Uh, I think we have never seen a domination like that in Norwegian champs before from one single club. Uh, you mentioned uh, how tight it was. Uh, it was five seconds uh, between number three and number uh, number six. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, quite tight there. And you also mentioned that uh, Oscar Edvarsson, he was uh, starting as the last runner this uh, day. But there was uh, one guy uh, who was supposed to start uh, after him. Uh, Anders Nuberg, he was uh, the last man in the start list after winning uh, uh, Heat 4 in the qualifier the day before. Uh, but there is a story there. A dramatic yeah, uh, story, story. In dramatic story. Yeah. yeah, so you can you can take it. He uh, was out running um, in Oslo in uh, on Tuesday uh, afternoon, and then he fell and dislocated his uh, sh- shoulder. Uh, not very uh, nice for the first time. It was uh, really tough, but he was then at uh, the doctor, and they, uh, with the help of from some morphine, they got it. Uh, Located again, and um, I met uh, Anders at the parking uh, on Friday before the qualifier. And I asked him, Is it true the rumors telling that you uh, dislocated the shoulder on Tuesday? Yeah, yeah, I, I, that's, uh, that's true. Um, uh, and uh, But you are supposed to run today. Uh, yeah, I didn't ask the doctor, I didn't dare uh, to ask the doctor if I could run. But I, I, Nuba, he is national uh, trainer in Norway. So he asked um, the doctor for the national team. 
And uh, he said, there is no doctor in the whole world who will recommend you to run on Friday. But you are a grown-up person and you know the consequences. And as we talked, there were some pills uh, falling out of Nubag's uh, bag. And I think that that was the painkillers, but I didn't uh, check them. And he was running Friday. It was okay. He was um, winning the heat. But uh, then when he was going to... uh, run on uh, Saturday, he was supposed to put on his uh, GPS vest and then he dislocated his shoulder again. And uh, then it was game over and uh, back uh, going back to the hospital in uh, Kristiansand to get a shoulder uh, back on track again. So it was uh, not, not so nice outcome for Nubag uh, on Saturday. No, um, it was for of course for him. It's uh, it's really sad things like that happens. Uh, it's also a bit boring for us that likes to comment about orienteering because it would have been really really interesting to see what he could do. Uh, of course, he won the qualifier, but yeah, it would have been interesting to see if he could have been fighting for. I think he could have been fighting for a silver medal. I don't think he would have been able to to match the time of Edvardsson. Uh, but the, yeah, it, between between Edvardsson and uh, Anders Westerl, there was a minute gap, so maybe he could have been there, but we will never get the answer of that. I uh, I, I called uh, Nobag uh, Saturday evening and uh, asked how he was uh, feeling and uh, how it was with him, and I, and I said with irony, "You you had easily won the, this this race," and he said, "If we look at the results now afterwards, I think it's many who feel they had the chance uh, this uh, day." And I and I definitely think so. Yeah. So one of the the guys that really had the chance was the uh, was the guy that I had uh, picked as the silver medalist, uh, Erik Langdal Breivik. He was really matching Oscar Edvardsson for the first half of the course, and then he made one huge mistake on uh, on the long leg. Uh, and yeah, it looked it looked it looked a bit funny on the GPS because it seemed like he got straight into the, the control, but then you could see obviously he hadn't seen it or he wasn't exactly where the control was. And I think he lost around three minutes on that control, and in the end he finished three minutes and fifteen seconds down, uh, outside of the top ten, and barely uh, surviving with the how can you say with the with the honor in peace uh, as he was still. A position above the former world champion Ulla Lundanes, uh, which was down in 14th place. Uh, so I think he, that was important for Langdal Breivik, even if he was, of course, very disappointed that he lost the chance to win the gold, that at least he was better than the old champion. I said to Langdal Breivik uh, after the race, uh, I thought you, you were supposed to win this. And then he answered, Yeah, for a while I also thought I was uh, supposed to win that, but uh, then I messed up. But uh, I think we should uh, listen to the actual winner, what he said after the race. In the Norwegian champs middle distance, um, Oskar Adversson was maybe the biggest surprise uh, when he was winning gold medal. Uh, uh, what is your own comment uh, there, Oskar? Yeah, it was uh, very good, but very surprising. I, I didn't think that when I woke up today. But um, you had a really good uh, qualifier uh, uh, on Friday. Uh, you won your uh, heat there, so you uh, you went uh, probably into the the to the final with the good self confidence. Yeah, I, I started the uh, qualifications really hard and opened really hard, and uh, 
uh, had uh, really good technical performance. So that was uh, really good, uh, like uh, uh, to know in going into the final. And then I talked to some uh, Hans Petter Matisen from Antony, and he said like, that I should open as hard uh, in the final as I did in the qualification. So for the final, I just opened with everything I could, and then. Uh, it was, I was quite tired of like into half of the race, but then I could hold okay speed for the entire race at least. But uh, did you have the feeling during the race that uh, it was so good? Did you get any feedbacks or a uh, uh, feeling about how good it was actually? Uh, no, not really. I was, uh, it didn't feel so good. The terrain was so tough, so it's hard to know how fast you're running and I was very tired like, after the climb in the beginning, but when I came to the first uh, TV control, I had the camera guy following me for quite a while, so I thought that's maybe good. So, uh, so that that was the sign when the camera guy was following you. But, uh, yeah. but uh, uh, winning a gold medal in the Norwegian champs for a, a Swede, uh, uh, even though it's a Norwegian gold medal, uh, it must have been your. Uh, uh, best uh, performance in the orienteering uh, course. Yeah, it's uh, definitely my best individual performance. Uh, and uh, tomorrow it's a relay in Norway. Uh, at least you uh, aiming for a medal, maybe a new gold medal. Yeah, definitely we're aiming for a medal. There are a lot of good teams, uh, a lot of NTNE good teams. So at least a medal and maybe gold. And uh, talking about gold medal. Uh, what what's made you uh, be as good as we can uh, actually talk about and you actually winning gold medals in Norway? Uh, uh, you have been um, developing quite uh, quite a lot in Norway. Or what what's your own thoughts of that one? Yeah, I think I've always been quite uh, quite good technically the last years, but training one year in like the tough uh, Trondheim terrain has made me better in these types of terrains. So. I think training in tough terrain makes you good in tougher terrains. Uh, and I know you're so tough that you can win the Norwegian champs. Uh, do you, uh, does this make you aiming, uh, looking for uh, some representations maybe or something like that? Or at least uh, do everything you can to be as good as orienteering as you can? Yeah, definitely. I, uh, next year I will... Uh, it would be really fun to represent the Swedish team for some World Cup or something. But it's really tough to make make the team, so you have to make really good races. Yeah, uh, about that, are you looking at you as a sprint runner or a forest runner? Or do you have any specific uh, thoughts on that? Uh, um, I do some sprinting, but my main focus is on the forest disciplines. Yeah, and uh, you are uh, the best in the forest today. And uh, yeah, we will wish you good luck in the relay. Thank you a lot, Oscar, and good luck for the future. Thanks a lot. The winner in the middle distance in the Norwegian champs. Uh, and uh, that was a Swedish guy. And in the women's class, we had the three times veteran runners uh, on top of the results in the Middle distance in Norwegian champs. Uh, how how is it looking uh, the future for Norwegian orienteering? Would you sign as a national team coach with uh, these uh, premises? 
Yeah, of course I would. Uh, I think there is a lot of potential, but I mean, it is it is something to that makes you question a bit what we can expect in the coming years. Uh, if we start with the women's side, uh, yeah. So of course, Andrina Benjamin has been the best in the last few years. She was not running this race. Uh, we know that these old ladies are at a very very high level. Uh, Marianne Andersen was in the top ten at the World Championship this year. Uh, it's not more than two years ago since uh, Anna-Marieta Hausken beat uh, Simona Ebersold in Blodslite. Uh, and Tony Lee has had some good international performances as well in the last few years. So it's not a shame for the younger national team girls that they're beaten by these old ones. But I think the gap was a little bit more than it should have been. Uh, luckily, we know that they have performed well internationally. We have Anna Diakorn. She was number four this this race, but she was also number four in the World Championship. Uh, Marie Ullesen has a lot of top tens internationally. So I'm not too worried about the, about the future on the women's side. Uh, and on the men's side, it's maybe more interesting because, yeah, Oskar Edvardsson is Swedish and it's no shame to be beat by a Swede. But Oskar Edvardsson is not one of the established Swedish names that we have seen in the top of the results internationally year after year. Um, I think if you are here yeah, before this weekend, I think you would probably be able to mention 20 runners, Swedish runners, that you would think are better Forrest or in tears than Oskar Edvardsson. Uh, but maybe this is the turning point for him. And maybe when we look back in three years' time, maybe we will say that, yeah, it's no surprise Oskar Edvardsson won Norwegian champs. Uh, he's really good. Um, so it will be interesting to follow his development and what that can and how he performs next year will also tell a little bit more about the Norwegians uh, but I think yeah I'm, I'm I'm disappointed that we we don't have Norwegian guys that can beat him or be even closer uh, but we have to remember that maybe the five best Norwegian orienteers in the forest this year uh, they were not there Kasper Fosse was not there Eskild Kinebe was not there uh, Gerte Steve uh, and Lucas Liland they have retired after the world championship and Magne Daly did not run. So it probably could have been looking better if they were here in good form. Uh, but you know, you have to, you can only beat the one star on the start line. And I think, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of work to do for the Norwegian national team uh, because there is a lot of potential in these guys Elias Jonsson, Jurgen Barkley, Sander Arnsen, of course, Anders Westerl, Isaac Jonsson. These guys can become really, really good. Uh, also at the international level, but there are some work to be done. Uh, the most work that they done uh, was uh, the uh, selecting committee for Antanui after the middle distance. They had a really heavy job there, selecting the teams for the relay the day after the middle distance. But uh, both in uh, women, maybe not so difficult in the women's class, but uh, of course we always start with the women. Uh, the guessing there was that Nidal should win ahead of Ante Anui and Nidal's second team. And uh, that was not so bad guess. No, uh, in the end we got a fight between, yeah, so really between the two Nidal teams and Ante Anui. Uh, out on the last leg we had uh, Nidal's second team leading ahead of Nidal's first team with a few seconds. And then Ante Anui was around 40 seconds down, so still within striking distance if Anne Dirkorn on the last leg had a good, good race, uh, but it was quite clear early on that she was not able to catch up with the Nidal girls. So there 
we had a fight between, yeah, uh, what should we say, uh, two very opposite type of runners. Uh, so in the first team, we had Anna Margrethe Hesken-Nurberg, 47 years old, with uncountable amount of medals at elite level. Uh, in the second team, we had the junior Pia Young-Week, uh, of course, extremely good runner with five medals from J-Work this year, uh, but still at elite level, she doesn't have that much to show for as she's still only 20. Uh, so it was uh, yeah, a very tight battle between them. And I, I think there was some speculation that maybe if Pia Young-Wee could get with Hauskin until the last control, the young one could be faster in the sprint. Uh, but Hauskin decided it a little bit before the last control and the first team of Nidal took the gold medal. 20 seconds out of Nidan, second team. And then there was a gap down to Anthony that lost, yeah, around three minutes. So three and a half minutes down in bronze place, just staying away from Anthony, second team that took the fourth place. Uh, when they were out running the last uh, loop there, uh, I was uh, going to the expert for the Norwegian broadcasting at the World Champs in uh, 2019 on home soil in uh, Norway. Amma Johansson, and I was asking her, uh, what do you think? How will this uh, solve out between uh, Pia Young-Week and Anna Margrethe Hösken? And uh, yeah, I, I, quote, I will quote her even if I didn't ask if I, it's allowed. It was not so awful. Uh, but she said that the heart is telling Pia Young-Week, but uh, the brain is telling that the experienced Hösken Norberg will take it. So I think, uh, yeah, she she is, could still be an expert. I think. Yeah, but I think it's uh, I think it's important that you know that, yeah, of course it would be good if we had girls much much younger than forty that were beating these old ones. Uh, but we, there is no doubt that Hauskin, Maran Andersen, Tunelier, they are running at an extremely high level, and I'm sure that, yeah. I, you could put Hauskin in the World Cup tomorrow and she would not uh, not perform uh, bad uh, at all. She would still be, I think, I'm pretty sure if she had been aiming for the World Championship, she would easily be in the top 10. Uh, so, yeah, of course, she's old, but she's experienced. She's training like crazy still. And, yeah, the performance level is very impressive. And uh, as far as I know, uh, when she was uh, winning gold... Uh... On this uh, Sunday in uh, Solane, Norway, she is also the most gold-winning uh, medals in Norwegian champs in orienteering. She passed uh, Hannes Stoff uh, with the one medal, 38 uh, against 37. So that's uh, for the stat attack. Uh, and in the men's class, uh, the guessing was uh, Ante Anui should win ahead of Uppsala and Ante Anui 2. And uh, yeah. it was a really good uh, relay for Ante Anui for a long time. Yeah, uh, yeah of course, it's a, it's a good relay for you if you have a lot of good runners. Uh, yeah, the, the team selection is was maybe the most important part for the Ante Anui team. Uh, they, they always select a little bit or heavily based on the results earlier in the Norwegian Champs weekend, which meant that they had Oskar Edvardsson Sandra Arntzen and Anders Westerl in the first team, uh, which means that in the second team you had, for example, Jürgen Barklid and 
Elias Jonsson, the guys that was running the two last legs for Anthony when they won the, the Tiumila. And in the third team, you have Erik Langdahl-Breivik that was maybe the, the, the most valuable player when Anthony won Tiumila. So, yeah, no doubt that we would see a lot of Anthony teams high up. Uh, and while some of the outsider teams uh, were struggling a bit on the first leg, uh, for example, Uppsala, they lost uh, four and a half minutes on the first leg. Uh, Freydi, the champions from three years ago, they lost three and a half minutes. Uh, and when when you have a relay with yeah legs around 35 minutes, it's really hard to get back into the fight if you're losing more than one, two minutes on the first leg. And neither of those two teams uh, were getting back into it. Uh, so I think we had uh, basically out on the last leg, we had Anthony's second team with Elias Jonsson starting out first. And then we had a group behind of about six teams or something like that with, with Anthony 1, Anthony 3, Anthony 4, Frul and Halden. Uh, and Elias Jonsson, he was running alone in the front all the way. Um, and he crossed the finish line first. Uh, those who have been watching the GPS, they were a bit unsure if it was going to be a gold medal for Anthony because it seemed like he might have took the wrong forking at one point. And when he read, read out the, the Emmet card, uh, those questions were answered. And yes, Elias Jonsson had mispunched. And Anthony's second team, instead of taking the gold medal, they got disqualified. And that meant that uh, Magnedali and Halden, that won what seemed to be the battle for the silver, uh, they got the gold medal. Uh, in second place, we have Anthony team four. In third place, we have Anthony team three. And then in fourth place, we have Anthony team one. Uh, after Anders Westerl, he had some, ah, what's the English word for? It's heart. Um, in Norwegian. What's yeah, it called? Yeah, he had some issues with the heart. Uh, the uh, jumping heart or what you call it. Uh, yeah, heart fibrillation. Uh, luckily, it was quite a, a soft heart fibrillation attack. So he's, he wrote on Strava that he just had to slow down a little bit uh, for a while and then he could run again. But of course, when you are in a fight with Magnedeli and some other really, really good guys, if you have to stop and yeah, stop and take a break uh, just a, a kilometer before the finish, you have no chance of catching back up again. Uh, so unfortunately, we didn't get to see Anders Westel fight it out with Magnedeli. Uh, but yeah, and then we got Halden winning ahead of three Anthony teams. So, in a way, uh, for for the sake of Norwegian orienteering, I think it, uh, in a way, it's a good thing to see that Halden is winning and there is not complete Anthony domination. Uh, because in theory, we could have seen yeah five Anthony teams in in top and probably yeah without if Elias Jonsson had not mispunched. And if Anders Westerl didn't have heart problems, they might have been one, two. Um, and yeah, I mean, you can't fault Anthony for being super good. That's really impressive. But uh, for the sake of the excitement, it's good that there is also other clubs up there and able to win. Yeah, and uh, and it was uh, yeah, it was uh, again uh, Magnedali in good shape. Uh, uh, he and. Uh... Mats Eidsmo, they were running together uh, for uh, quite the whole leg. They are uh, number two and three in the, if you look at the leg times. Uh, there's only one guy who is uh, 
faster. And then is, that's Casper uh, Fossa uh, bringing his team in in uh, top uh, top ten there in the last leg. Yeah, so Casper Fossa he did a single start at this Norwegian Championship running the last leg for Heming. Uh, he caught up a lot of teams. Uh, one of those teams was uh, was me, so he was passing me, and he was absolutely flying. Uh, so based on those one and a half, yeah, maybe 90 seconds I saw Casper Fosso in the forest, I'm really impressed that Magna Daly was able to be just about 20 seconds slower than him on this course. Um, so yeah, I think they were running quite fast in the front. Uh, but that's no surprise when you have really good runners there. Um, should we jump to the Finnish champs with the really forest orienteering up in Nuenso? It was the long distance champs uh, this weekend uh, in Finland with a qualifier in the Saturday and uh, and a final on uh, Sunday. It was uh, three heats in the qualifier for men, meaning that there was 51 runners in the final. Two heats uh, with 25 in each heat uh, to the final in the women's class, meaning that it was 50 runners in the final. Uh, before the race, uh, it was uh, guessing that uh, Van Lahaju would win ahead of Nittinen and Hapala. And uh, that was not a bad guess. No, uh, Mia Nittinen, she did not come to the start in the in the qualifier, so therefore she was not in the final. And therefore, of course, Van Lahaju won ahead of Ida Hapala. Uh, in the final, uh, and then we had Ami Niemann in third place. Uh, the gap from Venlahari and down was four minutes, so very good race from her, uh, winning in dominant fashion. Compared to Norwegian champs, the long distance was not that long here. The final was only 73 minutes for Hario uh, versus 79 for the winner of Norwegian champs. But yeah, the courses from the courses looks really nice. Uh, I I would say that everyone that hasn't been looking at it should go into the find the GPS from this Finnish championship because there are some yeah some really nice uh, long legs with route choices and it's always good when you see route choices where all the GPS tracks uh, are just spreading out uh, in very very big um, big difference route choices. So very interesting course. Uh, it's I think it's the first time in a long, long time that I've seen a championship course at elite level having only nine controls in a long distance race. So, yeah, I think that says a lot about how the course was with a lot of long legs. Um, when you when you have nine controls in 73 minutes of running. Uh, in Norway, we used to say that uh, when it's such a course, it's Eystein uh, Valsin who has made it. Yeah, I think he would improve. He would approve of this kind of course setting. Yes, um, uh, and uh, in the men's class, uh, uh, the guessing was uh, from our side that Mika Kirmula should win ahead of uh, Eto Savolainen and Alexis Orsa. And uh, yeah, that was not so bad uh, that either. If you should look at the final results. No, uh, Mika Kirmula he got the win, uh, one and a half minute ahead of Ruslan Glebov. Uh, but Ruslan Glebov is, yeah, he was second in the race, but he was not second in the Finnish championship. So the silver medal went to Eto Savolainen, which was just a few seconds behind Glebov. Uh, and then the bronze medal goes to Tuko Seppa, uh, the first year elite runner that has been having a really good season with a lot of impressive performances in long distance races. Uh, he qualified for the Finnish team at long distance in the world championship. 
and now we get a medal in the Finnish champs on the long long distance. Um, I think that's quite uncommon uh, that you are performing at this high level, stable high level in the long distance races as a 21 year old. So that's really impressive. Yeah, in, uh, in Norway, if we could uh, take the parallel, it's uh, seldom that uh, first year as uh, senior runners are top 10 in the Norwegian champs uh, long distance, if, if all the national team runners are at the start at least. Yeah, so definitely it's been a good season for Tuko Seppa and I think he has been showing again that he has been con- uh, well, he has been confirming the what he showed last year that he's a really, really great talent, and I think he's one guy that the Finnish Ritium fans will have a lot of uh, enjoyment about in the coming ten years. And uh, about the men's class, here we should mention that uh, Ole Oyano dislocated his shoulder uh, one week ago, and uh, he did not, as Anders Roberg, uh, show up uh, to try to run, as far as I know. Yeah, so Oli is a smart guy. He's listening to the doctors. Uh, from uh, long distance in Finland, we jumped to uh, sprinting in uh, Sweden. It was uh, European uh, sprint selections in Avesta in Dalarna in Sweden. Uh, they had a individual sprint on Saturday and then uh, uh, some knockout heats on Sunday. And uh, here we saw uh, the guys with... Uh, the fast running shoes showing their skills. Yeah, so if we start with the women's class, uh, to Alexandersson, she did not take part in the in the race on Saturday, uh, and neither did Sarah Hagstrom. Uh, so that means uh, Hanna Lundberg, she had a good chance to take a big victory, and she did win with a clear, clear margin, 23 seconds ahead of Emma Biesmo, and Tilda Östberg in third place was just over half a minute down. Um, and then on the men's side, it was extremely close. We had four guys within five seconds, where Martin Regborn got the victory ahead of Axel Granqvist, Isak von Kusersjöne and Emil Svensk. And then with Jonathan Gustafsson and August Molén, uh, also ahead of Gustav Bergman in seventh place. So, yeah, these names are incredibly strong and we know they have shown before what they can do internationally. Uh, yeah, and also Hanna Lundberg, yeah. As you mentioned, winning the women's class, uh, she has also proven that she is good uh, internationally. Um, and she, she was really satisfied with her race uh, here on uh, Saturday. Just a few uh, minor mistakes. And she is uh, also telling that uh, she was a bit skeptical to the area for the sprint, but uh, and the organizer had uh, solved it good with uh, a good job uh, making it uh, interesting and fair courses for this uh, race. And uh, yeah, if we jump to the heats on uh, Sunday, is there something to note there? Uh, well, I think we can just uh, skip to the final. Uh, so here, Tuva Alexanderson showed up after been running some uh, trail running race on Friday, uh, and she in the final she she took the victory ahead of her teammate in Suratuna Tillösberg. So Tillösberg, she won in the summer. She won the Swedish championship in knockout sprint, and now she's shown that. She can give Tuva a good fight. Uh, in the final, it was four seconds between them, and then it was almost half a minute down to number three. So very impressive that Tilda Aspe can run with Tuva when Tuva is really making a big difference to all the other girls. It's worth mentioning that Lina Strand actually was number three to the finish there, but uh, she was missing one punch, uh, and then she got uh, disqualified. 
Yeah, so I think that was one of the takeouts from this weekend was the uh, Elina Strand. She, it's not been an easy season for her, but uh, she's shown that she's still competitive in the sprint races and she should definitely get a spot in the Swedish European Champs team. Yeah, they will uh, select it. Uh, we are recording Tuesday now and they will select and uh, they have selected uh, talk to the runners on Tuesday and officially will uh, the selection be published on Wednesday. And there we definitely will see Axel Granfist, I think. Definitely. He had a good sprint race uh, where he was number two just behind Regborn. And in the knockout sprint, he, he won the final ahead of Isaac Rakusjana, Martin Regborn in third place, August Mullen in fourth place, Jonathan Gustafsson in fifth place, and Max Peter Beimer was the last guy in the final. Uh, in the women's class, it was very spread out in the final, but here we had all six men within 11 seconds. And yeah, when when the guys that took uh, Wook medals last year is only down in fourth and fifth place, uh, you can guarantee that the level is uh, pretty high. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they will have a big uh, squad to this uh, Europeans. They have said that they have communicated that they will select twenty two runners. So yeah, there will be some running uh, only one race uh, in that champs for the Swedish team. There are also Swiss uh, selections this weekend and actually also this Tuesday. Uh, they had the sprint on Saturday, knockout, uh, two sprints actually on Saturday, knockout uh, on Sunday and then a 5,000 meter on Tuesday. Uh, how do you uh, sum up those races? Yeah, first of all, I would say that this, uh, this weekend was extremely tough for the Swiss because yeah, so the, the two sprint races on Saturday, both of them were 15 minutes. Uh, so that's quite hard to have both a qualifier and a final the same day. And then the next day you have a, a full knockout day with a, yeah 11 minute qualifier. And then the quarterfinal is like some kind of sprint test on the track. Uh, and then two more heats on top of that. So uh, really, really tough, tough, tough weekend for them. And then final finalizing the selection weekend with the 5,000 meter on Tuesday, so three very tough days uh, in four days in the space of four days. So very intense block for the the Swiss runners. Uh, but I think uh, the results is interesting itself. Uh, we we don't have to go through everything, uh, but we can say that uh, Simon Abershold uh, was very very good uh, in the individual sprint. Uh, she won the qualifier on Saturday. She won the final on Saturday, and she also had the, clearly the best time in the knockout qualifier so in the individual sprint races she was dominating uh, and she was also good in the heats uh, but where Natalia Gempel won what's I think what we can call the final uh, just out of Abershold so looking with the yeah with the European champs in mind one month ago uh, Simone Abershold looks to be ready definitely and in the men's side, uh, do you have any to look out for in the European champs also there? I mean, the Swiss I, will definitely take some medals. I think uh, Matthias Kibbutz and Joey Hardorn, uh, were the, generally they were the best. And yeah, looking at the gaps down, it's, it's not massive gaps, but it's, yeah, there are gaps enough to feel that they are clearly the two best. And then I would say that the, the big surprise of the weekend is uh, Florian Attinger. Uh, he was in the in the, in the sprint on Saturday. He was number three, both in the qualifier and in the final. Uh, and he was also good in the knockout day. 
So he will, yeah, he would be a guy to look out for in European champs. He's been, I think he's been focusing just on the sprint races this year and it's obviously been paying off. Um, so it will be interesting to see what he can do in European champs uh, and see if he can, yeah, I mean, when you're not that far behind Kibus and Hardorn, you should be able to, to fight for at least the top 10 uh, internationally as well. And uh, about uh, the 5,000 meters, uh, it's always interesting to see what uh, they are uh, timed on there when they're running on track. Yeah, so we started recording this just before the, the men started running the 5,000 meter. And then, so in the time we have recorded this, they have finished and also the women has finished. And among the men, we can see that Kibbutz and Hadorn are run, have been running a fast race. Uh, Kibbutz is winning the 5,000 meter in a time of 14 minutes and 16 seconds. Uh, Hadorn eight seconds down, so 14.24. And then Fabian Abersol was the third best, uh, um, but he was more than half a minute behind Kibbutz. So I think 14, 16, that's a, that's a, that's a very impressive time on a 5K. Do we have also the women's uh, timing? Yeah, so Natalia Gempele, she won that race uh, 16.53. I think it's uh, always good when the women are going below 17 minutes. Uh, Simon Abersholt, 17.01. I think that's clearly a new personal best, uh, but I'm not entirely sure. But I think that's uh, better than what she's been doing before. And then Martina Rouge in third place uh, was 40 seconds down on on gameplay, so just over 17.30. Then we can jump. It was also uh, Danish selections. And there it was uh, a girl who... uh, have a really strong time on 5,000 meters, who was entered, Maya Alm. It was uh, going out the news that she would, was supposed to run this uh, selection races. But uh, she didn't uh, She didn't show up, and uh, neither did uh, Miritrane Ödem. And with those uh, premises, it was uh, uh, yeah, maybe a bit more open, or uh, the usual suspects in the women's class. What do you say? Yeah, I mean, I would say it was open, of course, but... Uh... We, we got a clear win for Cecilia friberg uh Almost a minute ahead of the two Agerwig Christiansson sisters where Ida was second this time and Malin was third. And then Josefine Ling, the, the knockout winner uh, from last weekend, she was uh, number four. Uh, but I think what's really interesting is that the length of these sprint race, uh, because the winning time of Cecilia friberg Kristner is 19 minutes and 57 seconds. Um, I guess there must be an idea behind that. Uh, the, the, the Danish team wanted to have a really long sprint race, but I can't really uh, think of a reason why. It, if they want to have an endurance test of a sprint, they should. it would have been much better to have a qualifier and a final. Uh, but yeah, very interesting to see such a long time in a sprint race. Um, we see the same in the men's class where the winning time is about 18 and a half minutes. So clearly a lot longer than what's a normal sprint at the international level. Uh, and here we had Andreas Bokbjörnsen winning uh, in dominant fashion. Uh, he won the knockout sprint as well last weekend. And here he won 40 seconds out of Mats Möller-Skaug and then Linus Argevik is also in third place. Yeah, and uh, we have been in uh, contact with the, both the winners. Uh, they, they're satisfied, uh, of course. Uh, Andreas says uh, he has uh, 
some uh, suboptimal uh, retroces and uh, and uh, some also some mistakes uh, costing him a couple of seconds uh, uh, sometimes but uh, i think he has uh, been showing good uh, shape in the sprints uh, lately and can be interesting for the europeans and uh, interesting next week is uh, finnish champs uh, sprint and relay uh, sprint in uh, the ski metropole Lahti and the relay in Holola. Do you remember Jukola in Holola? Yeah, I have uh, nightmares about that uh, terrain. Uh, so th- that would be interesting to see a relay there. I hope they, I hope the course setters try to make it really, really difficult and really try to use the tricky parts of the Jukola terrain. And then uh, even national uh, or interim podcast would have uh, boots on the ground in the Swiss uh, Championship medal, I suspect. Yes. So now I've been running the Norwegian Championship. I hope to hope to get a small form boost and hopefully I can beat some some good Swiss runners or at least some decent Swiss runners in the middle distance champs this weekend. Uh, and in this episode we have a hot and not hot or not. What's hot? Yeah, so you can take the story about the hot because I had missed that. Uh, it was in the Norwegian uh, long distance champs. Sonny uh, Olausen, uh, a junior, he was uh, number three uh, in the youngest uh, men's class in junior. Uh, but uh, after a finish, he realized he had uh, been running in uh, a forbidden area when he was crossing the road towards the finish. Uh, and uh, then after the race, he... Uh, sent an email to the organizers telling about uh, this story and uh, he uh, discussed with the organizers how to do this and uh, they agreed that uh, Sondra Olofsson should uh, uh, give his medal to the guy who was number four in the race and now was uh, put up one uh, step in the podium to uh, number three. That was uh, Jonas van Inga so he is getting the medal and uh, Olofsson is uh, disqualified in the race, but getting a fair play note here in even national orienteering podcast. Yes, I, I've been looking up what happened and there was this uh, road passage where we first you were supposed to run maybe 150 meters in the ditch of the road and then you were supposed to cross the road and go into the forest. And then Olofsson, instead of crossing the road, he continued on the road for 100 meters more and then run on a path in. Uh, and he gained, he, he didn't gain a lot of time, but he did gain a little bit of time on that uh, mistake. Uh, and in the end, there was just a, he was just a few seconds ahead of, uh, of, the, of the guy in fourth place. So I think uh, you could also say that this, yeah, this route choice, that was a mistake, of course. Uh, it, it was the difference between third place and fourth place. And of course, in general, I think that when you do something like this, you should be disqualified no matter what, uh, because and no, the consequences should not be deciding the deciding factor. Uh, but definitely, when when it is the deciding factor, uh, when there's just a few seconds here or there in the end. Um, so, very very good to see that the young guy is uh, having the right moral compass and that he knew that. Yeah, it, of course, it wasn't on purpose, and it's something that can happen. Uh, but it's not fair for the guy that lost out on the medal. So big uh, shout out from us to Sondre Olofsson for showing great fair play. And then we have a not also. Yeah, 
it's uh, I'm not sure if it's really enough, but it's because it's also really really funny. So at the Norwegian Championship, the relay, uh, we had a fight uh, for the sixth place between Fredrik with Howard Eidsmo and Uppsal with Vegard Vestergaard on the last leg, and then on the way to the last control, Howard Eidsmo he got a gap, and it looked like he was supposed to yeah to take the sixth place without any problems, and then. Uh, to all the spectators alongside of the finish sprint, uh, he started doing high fives. And then suddenly you could see on the TV that suddenly he stops and he turns around, run five meters back, bend down to the ground, pick up something and then continues to the finish. And while he's turning around, then he gets passed by, uh, by, by Vegard Vestergaard. So, and that's really funny because it was actually one of Aidsmo's teammates, the guy that ran the second leg. He was the guy that they were doing the hi-fi with when Aidsmo lost his punching card. So that was really a high-five failure of the Freddy boys. Uh, luckily for them, it was not about the, about the medal, uh, only about the, the sixth place. Uh, but it's a really funny story. And you can also see it on the, on the TV broadcast. So really funny. And then we will uh, recommend everyone who uh, uh, can do that to uh, to watch it on the TV broadcast. And to everyone else, we will recommend even national orienteering podcast again next week. We will be back then. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. Miss Navigil Noros, I'm a mediocre Norwegian middle and long distance runner, 3K PB 741. If you want to keep up on the toes, listen to the new orienteering podcast. Mannen dro ut och löp orientering Med kart och kompass och med räktiga sko Sikta såg aret den bästa notering För kroppen var lätt och god I vår national orientering podcast Mapping compass, navigation skill Orientering competition Jag har mött nog jävligt på Boston här uppe Running like a motherfucker I vår national orientering podcast